0: Hello, America, and welcome to the Friday edition of John Solomon's Reports. God, I think I know the name of my podcast by now. John Solomon Reports, I know that. Uh, Brought to you by, of course, justthenews.com. We made it through another week. I don't know if we would, but we did. Hey, Joe Biden made it through a press conference. A lot of talk about that, his notes, his cheat sheet, his visual guide of reporters that you could see in the shot. But I'm more focused uh, not on the performance, but on the things he said. I think there's some very important, Uh, claims that now we will measure to see if he follows through. And one of those is he says that all of the illegal immigrants who've been captured at the border will be returned to their home countries. That's a big promise. There hasn't been a long record in Democratic administrations of that happening. Uh, But he said it yesterday, and we have an opportunity as journalists to measure up and see if he will deliver on that promise. But today, We're not going to do any stories from justinnews.com. You can go there and read them yourselves. We've got some great ones. Daniel Payne is always doing some great news. Uh, uh, I wrote a story about how important what went on in Georgia yesterday, the election integrity uh, bill that was passed by both houses and signed by Governor Brian Kemp in one day. All done. Speed. Action. And now, those who oppose it, liberal activists who think it's a form of suppression to be asked for your ID, are suing. We're going to file that court case. Both sides get their say but the future of how America will conduct its elections is now got a ground zero zero in Georgia. Check out that story, check out the lawsuit, check out what the bill does. All of that information is embedded in the story I wrote this morning that I think is important. Uh, But election integrity is on everyone's minds because Georgia took the first steps, but we're a long way from settling. What will be the rules in this country? And this is a big question. 15, 17 years ago, I remember there was a bipartisan commission I think it was called the Federal Election, uh, the uh, the Commission on Federal Election Reform. I think Jimmy Carter uh, on the left and uh, the president, former president, and James Baker, the former chief of staff on the right, Republican, they co-chaired a commission and made some very prescient recommendations. Of course, most of them didn't get followed. That's how all things happen in Washington. We have commissions and then no one follows up on them, but uh, they... Said that as we move to more mail voting, more digital voting, all the things that 15, 16 years were just a twinkle in the eye that are now reality, certainly after 2020, they're widespread reality, that voter ID was an important part of ensuring the process. And today, voter ID is being portrayed as a Jim Crow measure, as a form of voter suppression. Now, I, I, I have a hard time myself understanding this, and I don't often give my opinions, but When I go buy a six pack of beer, I got to show my ID at the grocery store. Uh, When I took my SAT test many, many moons ago, I had to show a form of government ID. I had my driver's license by that time. So it was there. When I go on a plane, it's either my passport or driver's license. Uh, Most African Americans, Hispanics, whites, Asians, we all have ID requirements in so many parts of our life. And yet somehow there's an argument that that is racist suppression when it comes to voting, the most valuable gift that our Founding fathers gave us in this constitutional republic. That debate has to be settled. Just 15, 16 years ago, left and right, Democrat, Republican, people of all stripes thought that was a good idea. And today, I don't get it. But somehow, it seems to be a form of obstruction. I talked to a few uh, folks in the last week. Um, my good friend, Bishop Audrey Shines, who, by the way, has a fantastic TV show on Real America's Voice. And he said, I'm not making uh, this is a great line it's almost racist. It's almost plantation-like to say that a black American, a Hispanic American, a poor American, an urban American, a young American, whatever the excuse is on suppression, that they can't have an ID. They're too lazy to have an ID or provide it uh, when they vote, when they have to do it in all the other places, buy beer, well, all the things you got to do. We, we went over that. Uh, that's an interesting thought. Uh, Aubrey Shines often has Any provocative thoughts, and uh, he is always willing to speak his mind. Check out his show every weekend on Real America's Voice. It is a fantastic show, one of my favorite new ones on the Real America Voice Network, where we're partnered uh, as a partner. Just the news is, of course. Who knows? Maybe one day I'll have a show on there. Oh boy, I'd love that. That'd be special. I'm not sure I made for TV, but it would be fun. All right. um, That's enough with the chatter. We want to get to the real stuff today. It is The Friday before Passover, we're entering into Holy Week before Easter in the Christian community, Um, and I wanted to put a hard topic on the table today. Here at Just the News, we don't just have the the politically saleable topics, topics that are the cool topics or the trending topics. Sometimes we try to deliver the vegetable topics that we all need to know about, and one of those is human trafficking, sex trafficking of minors. It is a travesty. The numbers are unbelievable. Uh, And today we're bringing someone on the show that is a true expert, but not just an expert. He has put his money, his heart, his entire life's effort into fighting this because he saw it firsthand. His own 12-year-old sister was human trafficked, sexually trafficked for six years. She was rescued. She went through an arduous process to come back uh, and and live a good life, a mother having a stable life today despite all the trauma inflicted on her. There are estimates of 300 to 750,000 minors in America that are currently in sexual trafficking right now, we're told. And we need to face this. We need the facts. We need to know what's been done, what's not been done, what the differences between the Trump and Biden administration approaches are early on in 2021. And so we've brought on this show, Yako Williams. He is a passionate advocate. He runs a ministry and groups that help rescue children from sexual exploitation, that help get them through all of the difficult recovery period that uh, happens, that educates parents and neighborhoods and teachers and the schools and Boy Scout leaders and anyone who needs to know what the signs are, what to watch for, what predators do, whether they're targeting your child when they're in an online game or in an online chat or on a social media or in their school or whatever. Uh, Jakob Williams has the uh, best all-around 360-degree approach for this. He also uh, has a movie house, uh, After Eden Pictures, that I think when you watch this movie eight days, if you've been on Netflix and you haven't watched this movie, do yourself a favor. Listen, it's not easy. It's not something you're going to feel good about at the end of the day, but you will be smarter, wiser, and better to save your children, someone else's children, from the potential of sex trafficking when you watch this movie eight days. It is powerful. It is gut-wrenching. It is real because the built this movie out of the real-life stories of victims of sex trafficking. But we're going to bring him on for the whole show. That's all we're going to talk about. It's not going to be easy, folks. But you know what? Do yourself a favor. Do yourself a moral good on this. Listen to this show. Listen to what Yako has. Think through in your own life what you might be able to do to be a sentinel, uh, a guardian of some child. Maybe it's someone in your neighborhood that you have a bad feeling about or someone in your household or your own child maybe being targeted online where so much of this begins. Doesn't end there, but it begins there. Um, Yako is going to enlighten us all, but uh, so stay tuned. We're going to go to a quick commercial break. We love our sponsors, our advertisers. Thank you for supporting this show. Thank you for what you do day in and day out to make just the news possible. If you want to support just the news or John Solomon reports the podcast, all you have to do is buy subscribe to their, the, our great advertisers and sponsors services products. I do, you know, them all ancestry.com. So many to mention Kansas city Steaks. Oh God. I'm such a favorite fan of those. Um, Bambi, if you're running a small business and you need a ready uh, HR, great folks at Bambi. I really recommend you doing that. Cost-effective, smart, great HR for your business, uh, for whatever you're doing in in the business world as an entrepreneur. Because I know there are a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to the show. But support them and tell them that you love us uh, and therefore you love them and thank them for doing what they do. All right, quick commercial break. When we come back, Yakko Bullions, fuck your seatbelt. This is going to be a difficult but important journey into the real consequences and solutions of human trafficking. We'll be right back. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote. It's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest, a very sobering but absolutely essential news topic we have to address today, incredible scourge of human trafficking. And I can't think of anyone better to walk us through where we are in this travesty than Yako Buens, who is a uh, movie maker, a longtime activist. Uh, if you haven't watched his feature film, Eight Days, uh, you will you are missing something extremely important. You will be way more educated about when you hear human trafficking, it sounds like a buzzword. It is an extraordinary scourge. And I can't think of anyone else who's brought it to life better than Yako. Yako, welcome to the, uh, the show today. We're so, so appreciative of your time.
1: John, thank you. And thank you for being willing to step out there and, and tackling a, a, a really important subject. Appreciate
0: you. It is. It's a hard subject. And, you know, it's, we, we're so busy, we want to cast it aside in our conscience and in our minds and not deal with it. But we've got to take this head on if we're ever going to uh, address it. And and your own personal story, just uh, it just hits me right in the middle of the heart when I hear it. Um, tell folks about your journey in South Africa, what happened to your family, how you ultimately became such an important voice on this issue.
1: Yeah, it's such a story to tell. You know, it's a personal story, and, and really, that, there's two elements to the story. One, me as the brother, and then the second part of the story, my sister, who, who was the victim, mm. and now survivor of sex trafficking. And Ilanka's story is an amazing one. It's really her story to tell. He does it so well in her book, uh, Keeping Secrets. Uh, but it's a journey of, of a family and a sibling impacted by this, by this forge, as you say it, in South Africa, be it. And then to immigrate, you know, that was over a six year period. So you're mm-hmm. talking about the movie Eight Days, we depict eight days, but this is a six year period. And and then, you know, we're raised without a father, a single mom. I believe women walk on water because they see moms just tackle these issues. Uh, yeah, and I need, right. men to, I need men to step up. But then we immigrate to the United States, John, which was always our plan. Um, the land of the free, the home of the brave. We always wanted to become citizens. I'm a proud citizen of this country. I'm a legal immigrant. I love this nation. I bleed red, white, and blue. I can't tell people how blessed we are to live in this country. To be born here is a gift from God. There's, there's not even a question about it. And I <laughs> arrived here in the U.S., and then I see trafficking in Chattanooga, Tennessee, for the first time in the U.S., and it stunned me to a halt. Mm. We had to learn. We had to learn trafficking through my sister's eyes. We had to learn after the fact what was done, what was said, how the, how the perpetrators worked with her, and, and what was done. And look, the the violence, the rage that builds up in you, and then and then the self judgment. I'm I'm the oldest brother, but I was no father, so I was the father figure. So how could this happen on my watch? You know, as an 18 year old high school kid, I mean, you know, and you go through those emotions, and then you get shocked. The reality that it's in the USA, and you you could have, I was convinced that there was not trafficking in the US until I started with my own eyes, based on what I learned through this experience uh, through Longest Life, and then, you know, then we started diving into it, and uh, you know, started doing work in it, started profiling and highlighting it in the US, and realized this is a big problem here that nobody at that we're talking 2001 to 2009 nobody was even talking about it. And then in 2012, we, we put a stake in the ground, although we had done work in other countries at that point in time, we put a stake in the ground and said, we are going to fight for the American child. Our organization, the American child, a lot of people do work, and I'm thankful for it. Cambodia, the Philippines, you, know, you know, the Dominican Republic, the American child is being trafficked. And, and John, the fact is this, we are the number one nation on earth. There's zero exaggeration here. With a yeah. number one nation on earth, sexually exploiting children for profit, there's not another nation that does more commercializing sex with children than the United States of America.
0: It is unbelievable to hear that said, and uh, and yet it is uh, irrefutably true from the factual basis. You know, people will talk about Prague or or Hungary, and obviously they have their own problems there too, but. This is the number one black market for human sex trafficking and and uh, it's time that America got real with that and accepted it and tried to fight it, right? I think that's the thing we have to do.
1: The illusion is that it's taken, the movie taken, that it's an American foreign exchange student that's in, you know, Brussels or in Paris and she gets picked up grab and snatch. Snatch and grab is one percent of trafficking. People children are being trafficked in suburbia. The fastest growing trend of trafficking in our country is familial trafficking, where it's family members trafficking their own children. Oh my this God. This is hidden in pl- this is hidden in plain sight. The kid goes to school in the morning, maybe plays on the soccer team and is a, and, and, and does sexual work against his or her will and its boys as well in the afternoons and evenings. This is what's in our nation and it's hidden in plain sight because, John, we are in this nation doing Some abomination of work to the degree where we're legalizing these acts under law. We're writing legislation in this country at the moment that's lowering the age of consent against the statutory rape clause. That's bringing comprehensive sex ed into kindergarten. Gavin Newsom and many of these guys, over 27 states in this country, is teaching comprehensive sex ed to five-year-olds, introducing the concept of masturbation in the classroom to a five-year-old, introducing the concept of, say, anal sex to 10-year-old in the school classroom. What happens when you introduce a concept like that to a teenager, a 10-year-old that's never thought of anal sex? He Googles it. He explores. The second he engages online, the predators might as well send a flare in the air and tell him his zip code. And they're on him like white on rice. We have 10-year-olds addicted to porn, the average porn entry in our country for boys. Average is age eight. We've got—we—it's insane if you look at the numbers. The science is catastrophic about what's happening to our children, but we're writing laws because there's a propensity in our nation right now to sexualize children as young as
0: possible. Mm. It is a remarkable moment in history, and uh, when you look at this, I mean, one of the things I always like—I love statistics and data because they often paint the picture. Do we know? Is there, what is the best data estimate of how many children are sexually trafficked in the United States each year?
1: Here's some data analytics for you. Under, under the, the backdrop of 1% of sexual crime is reported 1%. So whenever you see an amber alert, 1%. Whenever you see a sex trafficking, 1%. Now, with those numbers being said, 75,000 kids, these are minors, 17 and under, don't so count adults yet. 75,000, 17 and under in the state of Texas per day are victims of child sex trafficking. 75,000, over half a and million. And did you say
0: just in the state of Texas?
1: Just in the state of Texas. Wow.
0: And where so does that data not come a, from? This is is not that a, a, law enforcement data?
1: This is law enforcement, FBI, CIA, all the NGOs in the country. It's collective wow. data by everybody, but driven by law enforcement. Now, this is not 75,000 new children per day. This what? is a you know, collective body. Half a million in the U.S. per day. Now, on the border, there's a real border number for you, a true number. Okay, 60% of children that cross the border have at some point in their life been sexually abused, maybe in Mexico, Honduras, Cuba, somewhere. 30% of the children that are going to cross the border today, today, 30% of them will fall victim to sex trafficking in this country. 30% of them. Whether they come across with a parent, quote-unquote, so hard to prove or not, some of mule Mueller coyote. Thirty percent of them will fall prey to, to sex trafficking. When our administration says we're going to place these children in foster care, let's talk foster care. Sixty. These are these are these are real numbers. Sixty percent of foster children in the United States today have been sexually abused, not necessarily trafficked, but this sexual abuse. The system is infiltrated with pedophiles. But, but, you know a, a judge two weeks ago. Apprehended, who sat in the only case that he presided over yeah. was CPS case. Right, right. So the system we is wrote in about rank. that so, really tragic mm, story? Mm. Absolutely. So to say that a child can come across the border and you know American children, and we're not even talking about imports. We're just talking about the predators saying the American child is for sale. They know it, uh, and and there's a law to protect them in this country to a degree.
0: It's uh, it is unreal uh during the time when border traffic dropped when the border wall went up after the 2019 surge um whether was, was there any evidence any statistical evidence that sex trafficking went down during that period at least the, the border version of it um what what did we learn or do we have any data or visibility yet into whether increased border enforcement reduced you know some trafficking at least across the border
1: yes 100% again this is not a political statement it's just fact uh, the 45th president of the United States, which happened to be Donald Trump, was the first president in history to to use his office and the power of the White House to say children should not be sexually exploited outwardly. Wrote legislation. I was in the room. I was five feet from him when he signed the executive order for the first time. Created an executive branch between law enforcement because law enforcement does not share information. Just FYI, they do not. Really? When a kid is no, when a kid is trafficked in Dallas, Texas, and the next minute we find her in Nevada, in, in Las Vegas, Las Vegas PD is not talking to Dallas PD. Donald Trump came in and created a coalition where CIA, FBI, law enforcement, the Marshals, US Marshals, Sheriff's Department started talking together, working cases together. First time in history, we saw a radical change in trafficking across the border. We saw a radical change in trafficking in the nation. We saw apprehension and actual conviction because it's one thing to find a guy, but what normally happens is they'll find a guy that's trafficking a child and ambulance chasing lawyers will plead that case down to a misdemeanor, a drug charge, a, a weapons charge or something, you know, assault, not trafficking. So these guys walk. So the victims know this. They don't talk. They don't, they don't share information because they know these guys just get back out. We saw a change in all of that over the last two and a half years. Right? We saw a massive change because funding was appropriated for special task forces. You can't ask regular law enforcement to fight sex trafficking. Regular law enforcement is doing well just to police the community. Yeah. They're they're underfunded as it is. And this is a very skilled profiling mechanism of, of finding a child that's hidden in plain sight that plays extracurriculars but she's being sold for sex by her father or her uncle or the school principal. Right? Mm. There's Epstein, hidden, hidden in Plain Sight. So it's a very particular skill set. So you need special task forces where police are trained. Well, that funding was nowhere. Funding was appropriated. We saw a spike. Now that funding's pulled again. So why and did the Mr. funding the get ordered- pulled?
0: Is that because the Biden administration reversed that? Was that one of the executive orders that got reversed?
1: Yes. in the, In the first 10 days, not even the first 100 days, in the first 10 days, some of the most critical Executive orders that President Trump signed. And again, I don't care if that was a Democrat or Republican, just the law that was made. Within the first 10 days of the new administration, those orders were reversed. And one of the orders that was reversed was that Trump signed this executive order against child sex trafficking to appropriate funding and make the F weaponize the FBI to hunt down predators. That was reversed. The coalition that was formed, the interdepartment coalition was reversed. there was an office established in the White House for the first time ever an actual office in the White House specific to child sexual exploitation. We have since the new administration took over we have not heard we collectively many of us served on a on an advisory board to the White House. We have not heard a word from that office that office is non-existent wow why this is John, this is the most bipartisan issue in our nation. We're yeah, talking about, no doubt about sexually abusing children.
0: Yeah, no, it, there, there there can't be a single politician that could oppose this because it's it's it it, it, uh, it, it just offends it the most basic of the human conscience. So, what uh, what do you think the Biden administration needs to do? All right, they've undone the Trump executive order because they're trying to do, undo everything, but what do they need to do tomorrow? If you were, if you had a moment to talk to President Biden, what Mr. President, you should do X. What would you advise him to do?
1: I'm actually reaching out to the administration, and we're we're asking them for an audience. And I'm not, I'm going there, not 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 angry. I'm just going there saying we need to fix this. What they need to do is they as an administration, and then now we're told it has to be said the Biden Harris administration. That administration has to come out in public and say we are denouncing the sexual exploitation of children and we're going to give our law enforcement and our NGOs in this nation everything they need to keep America's children safe from predatory behavior which means you have to then also crack down on child porn online you have to yeah, it's a big... yes i know se- I, yes i know section 230 and i know Zuckerberg and these guys are trying to, to get more loopholes but you can't use your first amendment right and say, well, it's, well, well, we got to stand by while people victimize children, 17 and under, 18 over. I understand. It's a different conversation. But you, you, you can't fight this crime but let child porn run rampant. Porn is the feeder drug. So I want this administration to first acknowledge it. We, we haven't yet to get an acknowledgement out of, out of them. Acknowledge it. But there's a problem, John, because if they acknowledge it in the country, they have to acknowledge that there's trafficking on the border. And the second they acknowledge that there's trafficking on the border, they have to acknowledge that the border system that they're employing is not working. So it's all political rhetoric. And I'm just saying this. I don't care what side of the aisle you are on as a politician. You're elected by the people. If you cannot keep America's children safe, you do not care about this nation's future. That's our future. We can't have children sexualized in the classroom, sexualized on the border. I'm asking this administration to step up and then put your money mouth is. Appropriate the funding. Let me give you an example. This is despicable what I'm about to tell you. okay? Child sex trafficking, which government department do you think it falls under? Where's the, where's the, where's the, the, the chain of command within the, the executive branches of government? Where do you think it sits? Child sex trafficking.
0: You would assume it would fall under the Justice Department and the FBI, correct?
1: It's under the Labor Department. Really? So, so why is trafficking in the labor department? Because it's been misappropriated forever as labor trafficking. There's a big difference between labor trafficking and child rape, child yeah. sexual exploitation. Without this, doubt. Should be under the, this should be under the DOJ, 100%, where funding for these kind of things are already earmarked. There's no funding earmarked to fight child sexual exploitation in the labor department. There's Jim Acosta. Acosta was there in 2007 when Epstein walked. He was one of the guys who helped it. Yes, he became the head of the labor department, and then when the crackdown happened, he resigned from the labor Department. That's one of the things we did not accomplish that I know was on the president's table was to move practicing from the labor Department to the Justice Department. That needs to happen immediately
0: what are some of the most effective programs effective tactics that you've seen progress when when progress has been made uh, what are the most important uh elements of a, of a solution I, 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 we now have an overwhelming portrait, thanks to your good work, of how bad the circumstances. When you're talking about a half million children a day, that should disturb all of us to the bone. What are the best tactical and, and solutions that you've seen implemented thus far that should spread across the country, spread across the world?
1: This is going to sound simple, but it's, according to me, the solution for everything in our lives. Father have to, fathers have to father again. We have to fight this fight at a micro level. Everybody wants to fight D.C. and Hollywood. And I say, no, I'll go and we'll do that. But I need regular American to take ownership of their street, your home, start in your home. Get rid of anything that has a propensity to make your child an easy target. Engage with your child, start in the home, then on your street, go to the, go to the, the, the parent teacher association of your school. Go to your principal and say, are we talking about the danger of sexual exploitation online? No, we're not. Why not? bring experts in talk to the kids explain to the children today there's a wolf out there this is how he prowls this is how he talks online it's the only thing we do John because we can't keep doing triage right rescuing a chi- rescuing a child as important as it is that's 10 years of, of therapy by the way okay right that we're deeply
0: that. inflicted at that point we can, we have
1: to get ahead of this thing, and we get ahead of it by taking the morality of our culture back, by by arming parents with the information on how to look in your community. What are the signs that a child could be under duress? Doesn't mean it's always trafficking, and they can they go to our website and learn. We are connected with 177 organizations in this country, and that we help resource that fight trafficking, these safe homes. We we are so understaffed, underpowered, underfunded in, in this fight. It's not even It's not even funny. We have to arm the parents. And then school principals, teachers, right? And and then honestly, get into the churches. Go to every single pastor. And you say, pastor, are you you talking to our men about porn? Number one, are you talking to the youth about sex trafficking? And the answer is no. And if, if that pastor is not willing to immediately say, we should, bring me resources, then I would argue anybody that's willing to look the other way to play see no evil, here, no evil here, is probably complicit in some, some manner because, because no action in this is action. You are making it easy for the predator. And so if community by community, small, think small, just think my street, talk to your neighbor, talk to your friends, parents, talk to family members, and then start having real sex conversations with your children, 13 and up. If you're not, the school is, their friends are. And they're, and they're misguiding them. They're push, pushing them to gender fluidity, crazy experimentation. And the predator is sitting online saying, thank you for grooming, call it grooming. Thank you for grooming my next victim for me. So if we can raise the risk profile of every child in this country in the eyes of a predator. So when a predator looks at a child's Instagram, Facebook, with the new platform we launched called FreeSpace, Right. If he looks at a child and he goes, that's a target. I need him to look at that child and go, that's a high-risk target. I'm going to pass. The way we raise the risk profile is by giving the children information that they know how these predators behave online. Know the guy that just DMs you and told you you're beautiful. It doesn't care about you. That's a, that's a possible predator. Flag him. Call your father. Dad. There's a creep talking to me online. Engage. I tell fathers today one of our number one ways that boys are being sexually exploited, coerced, and moved into trafficking situations. You know what that is? On playing live games on Xbox and PlayStation. Wow. With live, with live players because it's communication. So I right. tell fathers every other time when your son plays, get in the game. Play with him. Listen, Find out who he's
0: talking to, right? What, what,
1: listen, what? who's talking? Listen to the type of language. You don't have to say you're there, but it's a, if there's any sexual innuendo, a comment about one of the, the the avatars' body, oh, look at this woman's breast, oh, she's hot, what, and your, your 10-year-old son is playing, that's not an environment that you want your son predisposed to, because most likely a guy on that environment is into child porn. But parents don't know. They have no idea because they pacify their children with technology in this country.
0: Yep. It's become the new babysitter, hasn't it? Absolutely. Are there any communities, uh, any model communities where initiatives have started that you say, you know, I think they got this right. They're getting somewhere with this. Any any um, experimental grounds that we should be watching for, for learning lessons?
1: Yes. You should look at a an organization called Samaritan Women in Baltimore. Uh, so, you know, there's different components. So you've got awareness and prevention. Right. So we've got to prevent this. Then you've got your recovery and, and rescue. And that's a process. There's law enforcement and NGOs work together. These cases are normally built by non-government organizations, but you need law enforcement to go through the door with a warrant. And then you've got uh, uh, recovery, which is long-term trauma-informed therapy, and then re-entry. Those are the different. And most organizations pick one of those. We fly at thirty thousand feet and we resource all these organizations and we we help all of them. So the American women, incredible model for recovery. Safe houses, they get massive results in re-entry so that these women don't relapse. They don't go back into the system. Victim services, that's the first thirty days after someone's rescued, Dallas, Texas does an incredible job. Traffic nine one one. I mean the best in the nation with victim services. Incredible work about just giving that victim everything he or she needs do you know that the most difficult thing to do in this fight is to keep a survivor, which is a victim that is extracted or rescued, to keep that survivor alive, most deaths happen from rescue to the first thirty days. No kidding. That's that that's where the suicides happen, post rescue. Mm. Post rescue. And so, so to keep them alive and then and then on, on the on the recovery standpoint, there's amazing organizations that recover. I would argue we saw such an incredible work by the US Marshals. Under President Trump, yeah. the FBI got special task forces. Now that's dried up again now, but, but that's a difficult fight because you've got to build a case and rescue a child. And it's one thing just to rescue. We're in two rescue operations right now. Right? You've got to rescue a child, but you've got to rescue in a manner where you can stand up in court. Right? So, so you can't just go grab the child. That's good. You rescue the child, but you want to take down the system. You want to take down that pimp, that cartel. Right kind of like, you know, so you want El Chapo. You want, you want the whole thing to fall. That's very difficult because you have to work with law enforcement and the crime's transient. It moves. They move the children. And when they don't, they protect each other, such as the school principal with the father that's trafficking the child. And I know Americans want to go, that doesn't happen. As long as you say it doesn't, you allow it to happen. It absolutely is happening as we're speaking today. Within four miles of where you're sitting, there's children available for sex. No, doesn't matter the zip code. It's in every single zip code. It's just it's just where we are in this nation because we embraced a sexual revolution in the '60s, and we have fallen since. There's not a single society, civilization, and history that has survived that embraced sexual immorality with children. Not one. The Roman Empire fell because of that. The Greeks fell. The French fell. America will fall as what we know America is to be if we are okay. With drag queen story hour at Barnes and Noble, and we're sexualizing children and indoctrinating children with premature sexual concepts that married couples can deal with. The brain is not ready for that. You can't. You're going to destroy a generation that would never be able to fight for freedom in the future. That would never be able to be concerned about the First, Second Amendment, or or their constitutional rights. When a human being is sexually violated, they go into a survival mode John. it's survive
0: yep that's, that's what it, it is that's all they can do how do i get through the next 12 hours exactly yeah such an amazing thing yakko your passion is real your progress and success is measurable and yet the the road ahead on this issue is still so very long and complicated and uh, uh, first off how do uh, folks want to get your your movie eight days uh, how's, what's the best way to watch that these days
1: they can buy the film physically buy the film from our website sharetogethernow.org or Google my name com. or if they if they do that most of the proceeds will go to organizations or they can buy you know they can watch it on Netflix on Amazon Prime on Tubi I mean it's everywhere it's everywhere
2: yeah thank god if it they, is if
1: they bu- yeah it is yeah thank god it is it's in 200 countries uh, it's been seen by over 100 million people around the world and it's a tool it's a training tool and just so people know the proceeds from that film, we pour into organizations across the country, helping them, equipping them to fight the fight for 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 local communities. We ask people to take ownership of their, you know, my faith is everything, John. I got, I got to. And, uh, I fair. leave with my faith. I'm, yeah. I'm ashamed. And so Ezekiel 33, this is sobering. Even if people don't read the word of God, you got to, at some point, you got to just revere and fear it a little bit. Ezekiel 33 says the following, if the watchman on the wall, and I paraphrase, if the watchman on the wall does not warn the community of the evil that's in the community. The blood from that community is on the watchman's hands. Now I ask you, where are the good men? Evil exists and good men do nothing. It is our duty to be watchmen in this country, not to be a watchdog over people, but to watch over our children and warn community. Hey, there's bad behavior in the community. Hey, that piece of legislation is going to harm a child. That curriculum can't be in your school. It's going to sexually exploit a child. We cannot stand by. The blood will be on our hands.
0: It is so important to be informed and to be uh, engaged uh, with your children on this and anyone that you know that has a child. Uh, if someone's listening today and they believe that they have a child, a friend, a daughter, a sister, whatever it is, who needs rescue, who needs that sort of counseling, that, uh, that post-traumatic period, uh, how do they get in touch with Yako Bullion's ministry or, or through your other organizations? What's the best way to first create a point of entry for that person today?
1: Whether they need a resource, victim services, you know, whatever it is, we, we're here to help. Info at share together org. Info at share together now.org. We will field that, that email. It'll go to the appropriate department. We will get back to them, whether it is. Like I said, hey, my child's missing and I'm not getting help or we're struggling. I need, we need therapy or we need whatever services we need, you know, sanitary, whatever it is, whatever it is, you know, and then we will, if we don't handle it internally ourselves, we will then link that family with the right resource somewhere in this country, preferably close to where they live so that there's a, you know, an affiliation close by to help them get through this and and get uh, turn victims to survivors and help families uh, reunite. And, and honestly, we don't just want to have people survive, John. We want people to thrive. We, the the stories—if you—if you read my sister's book, if you see what that woman has become, incredible. It's incredible. She's a mother of two. She's pregnant now with her third. That doesn't oh, happen, by the way. awesome. That doesn't happen. You don't go through trafficking and then live a functional life. You know, so few get to do that. Right. And so, but you can, you can with the right resources and the right people and with, with faith and, and God's divine providence, you can turn those lives around and they become powerful voices against us in the
0: community. He uh, is an inspiration for us all as you are, because this is not an easy topic to talk about. It's not one that people really want to hear. They'd like to turn their face away. They'd like to turn their earbuds off when something this hard comes up as a subject, but uh, we, you said it, the watchman is as guilty as the predators if the watchman is not doing their job and we're all watchmen for our children. So Yako, thank you for the time, for educating us, for the passion and the uh, professionalism that you've brought to this issue. And I know we got a long road ahead of us, but uh, it sure feels comforting to know that you're on the front lines of this very important fight. And we're gonna be staying in tune. I wanna stay in touch with you, particularly as you approach the Biden administration, find out what's going on there. We want to shine a light and get them back on whatever course they need to be to address this issue. So hopefully we'll have you back and you'll keep us up to date on that.
1: John, thank you. I'll be back anytime you'll have me. I thank you, your whole staff, the organization, uh, you're a warrior for for putting that
0: out there. I I appreciate you. God bless you. Thank you. You too. You have a blessed weekend. All right, folks, we're going to go to quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up for the day. Hey, folks, can your IRA or 401k stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is right at our doorstep? By allocating a percentage of your retirement into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from a turbulent market and economic downturns. All you got to do is put your IRA back on the gold standard. With a multi-trillion dollar trade deficit and ongoing geopolitical instability, experts say now is the time to make the switch. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Protect your retirement today with one simple phone call and receive your free gold and silver guide from my good friends at Genesis Gold. To do that, call Genesis Gold Group today at 800-200-GOLD. That's 800-200-GOLD and find out how you can add precious metals to your IRA. One more time, let me give you the number. It's 800-200-4653. 800-200-4653, or GOLD, or visit them at genesisgoldgroup.com. Genesis Gold, welcome to the John Solomon Just the News family. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bike. All right, folks, I think we're ready for a weekend. Boy, that was some heavy stuff, but it is important stuff. And as disappointing, horrifying, gut-wrenching it is to know that this crisis is at the epic proportion it is, what did Yaku say? A half million children today will be involved in some form of sex trafficking today, sexual exploitation. That is unacceptable in the greatest country in America. But as hard as all that is to hear, smart and sage is all the advice as they're it is kind of inspiring to know that there are people like Yakko like her sister, like the many others, the brave Marshall Service and ICE agents and FBI agents and local law enforcement that are fighting the scourge on the front lines. I think Yako also put down a very important thing that we all should be watching. We're going to watch it at Just the News here to Forward, The Biden administration reversed some of the Trump executive orders on human trafficking. What will Joe Biden do to pony up on this issue to get us back on track to fight this scourge? That's a great question. We're going to follow it going forward here at Just the News. All right, we've earned our weekend. I know I feel like I have. I hope you have too. Go enjoy the weather. Get ready for the holy season. If you practice faith as a Christian, as a a Jew, uh, this is an important week, Passover, Easter, Holy Week, Uh, a moment of reflection, a moment of reminding us that we all have a moral obligation to this country, to our neighborhood, to our families, to ourselves, to do the right thing. I think Yakko challenged us all to think about that obligation this weekend. God bless you. Have a great weekend. We'll be back next week. I suspect we'll be doing some investigative reporting, some big news stories. So come on back. Check us out. We'll have some big guests as well. And uh, until then, kick off your shoes. Watch a little March Madness. Maybe a little baseball. We're getting close to the opening baseball season. Have a great weekend. That's what I'm going to be doing. Always, always remember to cherish that amazing family that you have. God bless you. We'll be back soon. Hey, folks, can your IRA or 401k stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is right at our doorstep? By allocating a percentage of your retirement into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from a turbulent market.